When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. guys welcome to cast and crank podcast we have our next episode with some real legends we got um jimmy decker thank you and eric landisfine hi and we got our co-host as usual uh justin mcteer so where should we start man you guys got so much knowledge between the both of you (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna let jimmy start because he's older um i don't care the stock questions i guess uh, uh, here every week or you could uh, let's talk about just how you started got into fishing oh, okay you know? I, I was very fortunate in that uh i was the first grandson so uh i i immediately took off with my grandfather from the age of three and started fishing with him he had a mm-hmm. he had a skiff in uh newport beach and then over the years of my childhood that grew up to be like a 30 three foot Owens Brigantine was his last boat. But when I was growing up, I was with him fishing constantly. Awesome. You know, and it fell off and came back and fell off and came back, you know, throughout the years. But that's, that's pretty much how I got my start. Drop lining, drop lining off the swim step. Awesome. You know? Yeah, definitely. And how about you, Eric? Uh, when I was a, Ribbon Downey, which is nearby, and yeah. uh, I used to go fish at Wilderness Park, which yeah. is a little public <laughs> lake there, and caught my first fish there, it was just like a little guppy or something on, I don't even know what, probably in a bucket or something, but uh, <laughs> you know, my dad liked to fish, but my dad had a gun shop, and he was there every weekend, so he didn't have a lot of time to fish, so he would take me at night to the pier down to the rocks in Long Beach, fish there, then when I got older, I started half-day fishing, and then when I was like in sixth grade, they would, uh, my mom would drop me off on Friday nights, so I'd go out on the overnight boat. And my dad would pick me up Saturday afternoons and step on a Tornado out of a uh, Burr 55 yeah. um, before it went to Pure Point Landing. But uh, mm-hmm. funny, the way I actually got into working and fishing was um, after a few trips there, I realized that um, no one was checking my ticket. <laughs> so instead of paying, my dad would give me 50 bucks or 40 bucks, $30 for the kid's ticket and 10 bucks for food. Yeah. I would just keep the money. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a bunch of burgers, candy, and stuff on the boat. And then one day I went jackpot, and the deckhead's like, You don't have a ticket to get on a boat. <laughs> and I was like freaking out, thinking I'm going to jail or something. You know? So they ended up just making me scrub the boat and come out for free from then on, which was really awesome. a good thing. Yeah, you know? man. So. Super cool. So, Jimmy, let's talk about uh, 
when you got serious about uh, calico bass fishing, you're a big piece of the, uh, mm. you know, pie with calico bass fishing. Let's, let's uh, hear about that. I, I, I probably really didn't get into doing calico bass full speed until 2002-ish, right around there. You know, I was I was working on deckhand on the Thunderbird, got my ticket, second ticketed on that for a couple of years. Went down to San Diego, worked uh, with Mark Osmick and and me on uh, with our on one of our Taylor's boats that first year that Bluefin Tuna came back, which was what ninety ish, ninety one. Does that sound about right? Ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, when that stuff was at like. 85 miles and we were doing it on the overnight <laughs> trips and i i got off of those two seasons and i said i'm done i'm hanging it up i'm over this you know yeah. and then uh and then after that got into back to the roots of fishing newport bay and then i started going out again on the western pride and fishing the calico bass off that and then then it started off you know 12 foot aluminum 13 foot whaler 17 foot whaler 24 foot skeeter 24 foot everglades where i'm at now yeah great you know there wasn't a lot of guys doing it you know i mean doesn't 18 years 17 16 years doesn't sound like it was that far long ago but there's nobody out i mean you know the old timers you know and that was about it but there wasn't you would go out there you wouldn't see any skiffs on the kelp line or anything like that even when i started doing it when I started guiding, I don't know when it was, 2007-ish, you know, there was me and Gardner, and that was pretty much it. Uh-huh. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And now there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, thank yeah, God yeah. for Instagram. You, have oh. you seen, let's talk about that. You guys have been in this, uh, you know, for a long time. So you've seen big changes. We've all seen big changes in different things. Music, you know, on our end oh, a yeah. little more. Let's talk about how Instagram you think affected uh, fishing because it is it. You think it's positive, negative? There's there's both. I'm sure. I mean, there's there's things that I can't stand on it. You know, I yeah. can't, I can't not stand that end of the day. Two or three guys standing on the deck of the boat holding their five or six <laughs> biggest fish, doing the grip and grin. I mean. <laughs> that's just bullshit to me if you want to take a picture of your fish take it when you catch it let it go where you caught it or if you're there if there's seals on you tank it and take it someplace and and release it because just from the amount of tournaments that i've time i've spent fishing tournaments they don't live in the tank that well yeah you know and then plus you want to hold them up for god knows how many minutes to get your cool you know, picture. your look at we got 22 pounds for our you know 17 hours at clemeni you know, and how many of those fish die when they let it go? You know? I mean, I'm not ragging on any any people. I mean, a lot of guys do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just that, that and just <clears throat> a lot of people think they're a lot better than they are. You know, the wow. last few years have made people really good fishermen who yeah. there are some really good fishermen. But there are also there are some not really good fishermen who have been really good fishermen lately because it's so easy. And I think that that. The chest beating that goes along with that on social media is going to come around and bite him in the ass later. Really, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, thank God there was no Instagram when I was 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, so much Because there would have been big problems. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, we're here with you right now. We're, we're 39. Yeah. I had a very small audience of people to be an idiot in front of. <laughs> yeah. These guys have thousands. You know what I mean? So uh, It's wild, know, dude. People want to, you know, they're, it, it's, it's all part of self-promotion and, you know, trying to help out what you foresee as your career in the fishing industry, which is a very very small amount of people actually get to do you know but 
they figure they'll, you know, post enough pictures and get enough followers and this and that, that, you know, someone's going to pay attention and give them a reel or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, that hundred percent, I agree on that, you know, and just over the, I mean, I've been fishing, I say it over and over because we're on the show, but uh, maybe 10 years, like serious, you know, my son, we got him a rod and that's how I got into fishing. Justin's been fishing his whole life. Um, and even over those 10 years of me getting on fishing network to Instagram to this, it's like a completely different game. And I feel like uh, a lot of the times people, you lose um, maybe a little bit of uh, friendship or being nice to a dude when you see him, you know, because of Instagram. So, you know, the, the, th- the thing that that Instagram took away from the, the community is the roots aspect of it. You know, there's no mm-hmm. more. Like Eric and I both did. I mean, I'm 60. Eric's a little kid, you know. <laughs> 47. <laughs> Funny that we, you know, get along so well together. But we, he's we like both, my grandfather. We both grew up doing the same things. I mean, we both pinheaded on the half day boat. We both yeah. pinheaded on the overnight boat. You know, we learned we learned the ropes from the guys yeah. that were coming up way ahead of us. You know, we we both can fly line an anchovy on 12 pound and a number six hook. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things. I mean. He's probably one of the best jig fishermen I've ever fished with, you know, Eric is. And it's, I've picked up a lot of stuff fishing with him, but you know, you go on Instagram and these kids, they've never ridden an overnight boat or a party boat or had to fish the second row with 60 guys, you know? Yeah. And they're just like, you know, dad, I want to, I want a Key West, you know? And then, okay, here you go, buddy. Here's your Key West for your, <laughs> for your high school graduation <laughs> present, kids you know? Kids in Europe. <laughs> you know it's it's just it's, it's a lot different there there's still a lot there's a lot of little dock hoppers and and rock walkers you yeah, know definitely. And, I, and that's really cool that that's all coming back in but it's the it's that in between group that has that wants the instant you know i want it now i want it now you know give me a jersey give me a boat you know yeah. that kind of thing you know adding on to that you know when i was a kid growing up on sport boats and this is something i've had trouble with you know i'm a share a story in a second here that just shows how out of touch I am with how things are now. <laughs> but when I was a kid growing up, you'd be 14, 15 years old. You'd come out and scrub the boat. They'd let you have a cheeseburger, let you fish all day for free. Yeah. You'd work to be in a deckhand. But the deckhands would throw you in the water every day, be horrible to you, you know. And when you're <laughs> a deckhand, you're horrible to the younger guys, but you're also a good mentor to them and someone they can trust. You, yeah. They've always got your back, but they're going to pick on you and put you I in your place you. if you get too big for your britches. Yeah. Nowadays, if you do that to a kid throw him in the water or something like that i mean i i was horrible I, I was brought up on a horrible boat by horrible people and i became a horrible person myself and i'm not going to deny that yeah I, you know, at one point i sat in the galley of uh, the southern cal and drinking a beer and told the pinheads to hold hands and throw themselves in <laughs> and they did because they knew that i was going to come out there and hurt them and they do the same to them. it's terrible that's how we grew up you know yeah, yeah. and uh nowadays kids don't do that and i think that they don't have that tough love if you can call it that or the they don't learn to respect for the people that are higher in rank than them, and you know in the industry or whatever. So, but uh, all they have is this. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty four seven face down in the fucking screen. That's all hey, you see. I'm dealing with her. I got a fourteen year old. I'm dealing with. Yeah. I mean, you see him on the yeah. boat. Yeah. You know, hey man, we're fishing. Oh, hold on, man. I'm almost done with this game. Oh, like, I can't. I'm, you're out of here. I don't imagine what you got to go through as a as a guide. Yeah. Because you get kids on there. Sometimes you're probably like. The, Do you make the, a rule like, the adults hey, are worse. Yeah. The, the kids are always psyched, you know. If I see that they're little phone guys, I'll usually have them drive the boat. Hey, man, drive the boat. Oh, cool. You know, Good here call, you go. Man. You're going like this. When dad starts trying to do emails, 
in the back seat on the phone. I'm like, hey, you're going to puke, you know? <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. I just got a couple more emails, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I go, hey, man, you keep staring at your phone. You're, you're going to get sick, <laughs> you know? Sure enough, you know? Ten minutes later, man, he's got his phone down, his head back. You got some water. I told you, you know, stay off that phone. You know? Yeah, but, that's the truth, man. But it's been cool. I, I I haven't guided much this year at all. There's there's just too much money to be made on the beach right now with the way the construction's going. You uh-huh. know, so I've taken a little bit of a break, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I I just don't I don't miss it right now. You know, we do our fun fishing every Saturday. Eric and I, we did probably. I don't know, seven, 16 months straight of every yeah. weekend we were not, out. Not missing a single. Most not, of it's like Clemente yeah. or tuna fish. Clemente, tuna, marlin yeah. tournaments, whatever it was. And I, the thing about chartering, I mean, it's great, but like, you never know who's getting on your boat. They all talk. I mean, there's, there's another Facebook, internet, whatever. They're all, profe- <laughs> they're all professional anglers. I can think of one in particular. Yeah, they're all... <laughs> They're, they're, they all they all talk the talk, you know, and then you get them on the boat and you're like, oh, my God, you know, you never know what the weather's going to be like. Yeah. Fish are going to be biting. You know, you get done at the end of the day. It's like, oh, hey, that's uh, how much was that trip? How much is this trip again? It's like, oh, well, I told you 15 times it's nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Know? Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, so. I'll let Justin and Benny and all those other guys pick up all the slack, you know, for yeah. this year. And Jerry, I've been I've been farming a lot of my trips off to those guys. And then when it slows down on the beach, or should I hit sixty two, and then I'm still kicking, I can I can pick it right back up. I have yeah. two or three clients that are really good clients of mine for the last ten years that I've been fishing with. I take the time off of work, but other than that, it's just been. So do you guide and you'd have a full-time job? I have a full-time job. I I didn't have a full-time job until that that new Ram Stadium kicked off. Oh, really? And then I started working out there. And then we're doing the new uh, Gerald Desmond Bridge, downtown Long Beach, going over to Pedro. And then a bunch of the... uh, What do you do as your trade? I'm a a concrete pump operator. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I've been doing that pretty much my whole life. Great. Took eight years off. Do you run your your own rig? Uh, my boss has 15 rigs okay. from 58 meters all the way down. I'm usually on one of the big pumps. Awesome, dude. Great. How about you, Eric? What do you do? Yeah, you, you know, I do a lot of things. I, uh, <laughs> you do it all, huh? Well, you know, it's Renaissance, you know, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I used to just have, <laughs> I used to be, uh, I used to manage printing companies and, um, that's industry's really gone in the toilet the last few years with the internet and everything else, yeah. budgets and all the other things. Advertising budgets went in different directions. Um, so what I do now is I uh, have found a way uh, to actually, you know, my wife, uh, Rachel, is a uh, veterinarian and she's someone who's doing something that she really loves with work. And I hated awesome. my job. And I, you know, I worked from home for years and had, I had good paying jobs, but I was miserable all the time. Yeah. And she's like, you got to stop doing this and find something you actually like to do. So now I write for uh, several different magazines, websites, stuff like that. I also um, represent uh, Navionics. Uh, charting stuff and then on top of that i work as a business manager of a church catholic church in downey it's actually when i went to school with as a kid <laughs> and I, I you know getting there was a long story if anybody yeah. knows me that's an odd thing but uh <laughs> the um what that job does is it gives me a lot of flexibility it's not really a full-time job so i can take days off and go do like wednesday i'm taking a day to go fish, fish uh, halibut for an article 
allows me to travel around and do stuff like yeah. that. So it's a combination of things I do to uh, get by. But it works out good. That's awesome, man. And anybody that wants to work in the fishing industry, that's really what you have to do. You can't, there's not one, there, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to get a big $50,000 check from a sponsor. Well, doesn't, Those don't doesn't come. happen. Yeah. No, we hear you, man. We do this for fun. So it's, <laughs> it's, it turned into like, in the beginning, a couple people listening to it's doing really good now, but a lot of work, man. Like, yeah. Thank God I had my wife talk me into building this room. We used to do a studio. Yeah, it's nice. And my kids play music. I played music my whole life. So I said, you know what? Sounds we just good. bought my son that Jackson right there that he wanted an American nice. flag strap. <laughs> He's eight. I'm like, hey, bro, you Van Halen or what? Right. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm like, whatever you want, dude. Like I said, this isn't a Christmas present. This is, you're not playing soccer. You're not doing anything else. You're playing music. But that's really cool. And the Nivonic thing, um, uh, the app, we just talked about that. I love that it's phone fantastic. app, man. It is yeah. so good. And uh, I even watched, I think you did a seminar like a couple years ago on Calico. Yeah. I watched that even before, you know, I knew anything. Yeah, I did two or three a year and for I, them. Yeah, very interesting and it yeah. helped a lot. And that app has been, I mean, I have my GPS going, but a lot of the times I'm just like, give me my phone. Oh, yeah. Quicker just to look really yeah. quick on my phone, you know. It, you know, it's it's a cool thing. You know, this is, you know, I know a lot of younger guys listen to this, a lot of younger guys trying to get involved with companies and stuff. You have to be really careful. There's a lot of companies out there that are trying to get people involved with their company just for the sake of having grassroots marketing. Once you pick up a few companies like that, it's it harder to get a good one when it comes along. You know, when Navionics came along, I met with people. It seemed like a real good fit. I mean, it's a good company to work for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not going to get that if you're tied in with whoever for 20% off your next product. So that's yeah. one of the things to keep in mind for Younger people. I know that's something that gets talked about a lot on this webcast or the podcast when I listen to it. So I think Jimmy's pretty much the expert on figuring out how to make money as a sponsored angler. But uh, but I think what you guys are pushing more is like, it's cool. If you're younger, just go out and fish. Don't worry about getting a sponsor. Don't right. worry about... You're not, um, you're not... I can tell you right now, you're not going to get a sponsor. Exactly. I mean, if you're talking sponsor where... You're going to get 20% off your next bags of bag of worms. Yeah, exactly. you, you can probably pick that up. Yeah. But if you're th- looking at a job where they're going to cut you a quarterly check, your chances are extremely slim. Yeah. Extremely slim. <clears throat> so a big question I have is, I know you hold some records on Lightline. I did. I think they're pretty much all, all <clears throat> have all been knocked off. What did you hold? I had the... Uh, the Eight pound test sea bass record at fifty four ish pounds, right in there, fifty four, fifty five on eight. I had a fifty two pound thresher on four that I got on four pound. <laughs> so we, I talked to Eric Ben about this, and he told me about this, and I'm like, oh, this is really fucking interesting. How do you rig it up? So he said you did something a little different when you rigged up the line onto the reel. Now, what's the rule for uh, the white line? The, the you're allowed fifteen feet a liter. On anything under 20 or 20 feet under 20. What can the leader size be? It can be anything you want. But I, I think I was fishing like, I don't know, 20, 15, just with a double surgeon's knot. It's a real easy knot yeah. to tie mono to mono. So too. you pretty much have to donkey that thing. Once you get in, you know you got it. Once you get a couple, somewhat. Right. You if you couple, can get it that close. Yeah. yeah. If, you can, if you're fishing enough that you can get the knot onto the spool, then you can put some heat on and it. Then you know your money. The sea bass, though, I only had about... <laughs> three and a half feet on because i've been God. calico bass fishing all day chip yeah. chip 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 yeah. it all the way down and then yeah. boom that thing hit on the sink and i was like whoa yeah then they uh a couple weeks now it's probably uh probably like in the next the next moon cycle we went out and tried to get because that was the first time those big ones had shown up on the beach and god knows how long 
I mean, that was that that fifty four pound sea bass now is nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. People don't even talk about cat. Oh, I, yeah, you got one on the crankbait last dink. year. Yeah, I got one on the crankbait <laughs> last year. It was nothing. But when I caught that fish, it was like holy shit. 50-pound <laughs> sea bass, you know, people hadn't seen them. Yeah, you know, dude, that's It was huge. like right when that cycle started of the big coastal sea bass coming in. Mm-hmm. So I got a shit ton of press and all that for it. But that one was on a real short leader. The sea bass, I went out, I don't know, a month later and tried to get the four-pound world record on live squid and hooked that stupid thresher shark. That thing took me forever. But got that to the bone. I was like, ah, I don't want to take this thing. And my buddy's like, oh, you got to take that. It's going to be a world's record. You'll get them. You know, I was like, oh, I was kind of into that, you know, oh, see if we can get some world record type stuff. So we took that one. And then I looked through the book and I'm like, man, this fucking four pound calico bass on four pound tippet on the fly rods. Nothing. It's like pound and a half. I went home. Borrowed a fly rod, <laughs> got a fly, went in the backyard, figured out how to get it more than 10 feet away from me without hitting me in the back of the head, went to the one of the spots that I like to fish, flipped it out there, donk, got like a 3.8 or something oh, wow. on four pound. And so yeah. I, I had three at one time, but they've all been, those were long at that time, Light were you hunting ago. for those records? Yeah, I could have kept going. You know, but that's I mean, it's kind fun. of you focused on. Just yeah, like, Let's I was, go I was out in the really into light line fishing when I very first started guiding on my seventeen whaler. I fished eight pound, eight on everything, wow. eight pound mono before braid come out. Yeah, you know, eight pound mono on swim baits. You know, and I had guys that were really into it. You know, I mean, eight and that's pound, just what you were fishing. That's just what you I was doing. What you did, you yeah. know, and that's cool, then, man. You know, yeah. After the sea bass, then I then my my status in the company climbed dramatically, mm-hmm. you know, and I started getting a lot more press, and then the gear started coming more, and then you know one thing led to another. Now, <clears throat> both of you, do you like to go out and fish? Like I talked to Eric about, he likes to go out and he'll go fish lighter mono stuff like do you guys do your finesse anything we were just doing it yeah we're we're going so backwards from what we used to do it's it's crazy and i think it's cool for people to share that because uh, i mean like i said we're i'm only 10 years into really fishing a a year into calico fishing you know serious so it's cool to hear someone else's uh outlook on some older techniques that work great that no one does anymore because everyone wants to do this. 40 to 40. Well, yeah, 40 know, 40 six, to 40. Uh, 65 to 60 pound. You know, it's right. funny. We went to fish Long Beach Harbor yesterday. I have a, I have an article in the Sport Fishing I saw Magazine. That. Yeah, yeah coming up. Are... And um, I built a seven foot, I got into rod wrapping recently. I built a seven foot bass rod that was, I'm like, oh, this is way too light. And then before we went out yesterday, I accidentally put the tip into the ceiling fan, knocked like three or four inches <laughs> off it. And it was still a little light, but a little bit better once I got the tip bag on. <laughs> But I was fishing a Zoom Fluke on 10-pound. He's fishing a Ned Rig on 12-pound on a spinning rod for sandbass calicos and spotties in the, in the riprap in Long Beach Harbor. Yeah. It's, it's, we just, we just want to fish light. I mean, I go to it's fun. Clemente, and I'm fishing 15-pound fluorocarbon, throw a little yeah. DD100 up into the I mean, up into the boilers, and I've gotten fish up to 8 pounds on that yeah. so far. And it's, uh, It actually feels like you accomplished something yeah. instead of just grinding yeah. something to the boat. You it's know? like, holy crap, I can't believe I got that bass I mean, out of there. It, you it know? makes it's, you a much better fisherman, too, you know, being able to play the fish. and not. I mean, I, yesterday was honestly the first time I've been broken off by a bass in I don't know how long. But you know? like, but but you guys are talking about it's like cool to do something a little more challenging, maybe. Yeah, because it's a lot everyone, more fun, and everyone's in the mode of 
we got to put braid on there and donkey yeah, these. Right. You know, I mean, like, that stuff that we caught fish yesterday that were like this big. <laughs> but it's still fun. But they it's bend fun. your rod yeah. when you're fishing eight and 10 pound, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. there's one, you know. Yeah, that's always fun. But man. that lighter line thing is really cool. You know, like we, we do those, uh, the Marlin tournaments, the Masters. Uh, late line marlin tournaments and you know we fished 16 pound mostly but we're trolling with 16 pounds let's talk i wanted to talk about that too, yeah when you get a chance about the tournaments that's that's super yeah. cool to talk about too but so what's wanna... amazing about that you know we're and i'll let jimmy talk more about he's the expert i'm just been doing it for a few years but uh, <laughs> uh what's amazing is when i was new to it the first time i went out was when the marlin were biting up at anacap island I'd caught marlin trolling in Mexico before. I'd caught them on a long-range trip on, like, 80-pound accidentally while fishing for something else. Yeah. I'd never fished light-line marlin. So, basically, I said, I'm just going to clear the jigs in the cockpit. If you guys want to run on a fish, I'll, uh, I'll wind into jigs. So, some people get a sleeper in the glasses. So, basically, we're, we're, we have guys up in a the tower. They're looking for fish on the surface while we're trolling, hoping for fish in the jigs. Uh-huh. There's a lot of fish up on the surface, so... Everybody kept running up the bow, and I would clear all the trolling rods, bring in the chains and all that stuff. And then once the guys in the bow cast and the fish, I would drop a bait off the back. And Oh, the, shit, I got one. The first time, <laughs> and I bit. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm on 16 pounds. What do I, I do? Big marlins right there. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, I bit. And we're on this, we're on this boat to get karma, which is a 72-foot boat. And the tower is Dude. probably 25 feet up. And Sean's up there, and he's focused on the bound. I'm like, I got one. And he's like, can't hear me. So I'm yelling, I got one. <laughs> he looks like, oh, shit. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, go up to the bow. So I go up to the bow, and I'm like, I don't even, don't touch the drag. Well, it's 16 pound. The rod's yeah. bent. The line's pouring off. I'm like, what's going on now? Five, the thing's five jumping. Pounds of drag. We ended up getting them in like five minutes. Yeah, we got a pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what I found out later is you can pull really hard on 16 pound. Really hard. Which is amazing. You know, we've had. You know, Are you using a particular company 16-pound You bow? have to fish. It has to break at 16. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't fish uh, like triple XIs or yeah, something yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that breaks at 32. Yeah, so <laughs> that's how they level the playing field. If, you, if you're if you a 12-pound fish, 16, 20-pound fish, it has to break. Like 16 breaks at, I forget what it is, 17.1 Yeah, or and they give different points for the different ones. So a fish on 12 pound be 120 points oh, you work, it works off a of point so yeah. if you yeah. go lighter and you so, catch it you it's can like, get it's like two, 210 for a fish on 12 180 for oh, yeah. a fish 16, on 16 and, and then it goes down yeah. from then there. 120 for 30 pound or yeah. 20 pound and so you got to try for numbers like this last year um it, it was slower. tough marlin fishing we didn't have a fish the first day there was a couple teams that had fish on 30 pound 16 pound I think a 12-pound fish. A 12-pound fish, So yeah. the second day of the tournament, we found a fish on the 14 before lines in. And you can actually babysit these fish when they're sleeping on the surface. <laughs> yeah. So, we, I mean, we got there like 10 minutes before lines in. Uh, Sean Morgan's son, Rudy, who's great in the glasses, he picks up the glasses. Oh, got one. It's almost still dark. So we pull up to it, and he's like, okay, you got nine minutes to wait while this fish is on the surface. Yeah. It's a and long like, nine mm. minutes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, lines in. And then Decker casts on it and gets that fish. And then we get it on 16-pound, no problem. At that point, we started fishing. Okay, if we see another one, we're going 12 pounds because we need to point. Because then we need that other point. We could have yeah. jumped up and, and got them. But. And if we would have got, even it would, as it turned out, we would have even got another 16-pound fish. That would have been enough to win the high angler in that tournament Wow! because there's only two. But there's there's years like that year at Anacapa. What, we have like nine fish yeah, or something for two lot. days, and we got third place. You know, so That's awesome. Yeah. But it's Super. pretty fun. It's really, uh, that offshore fishing is Marlin tournaments are a blast when they're biting. Yeah. When they're not, it's horrible. When they're not biting, that's, those are, it's just a long day in the cockpit, you know. <laughs> Driving. 
Yeah. Yeah. I bet, it's the most man. grueling fishing you'll ever do. <laughs> Standing on a yacht. Yeah. You know, I mean, Decker and I, we always, whatever, but we, we had a different boat this year. We had a 38, 47 like Cabo, Cabo or something. Somebody, it, we, they, they're selling to get karma the boat we normally fish. So Sean borrowed the boat from a guy he knows who came out the first day, but then let's have the second day. And I hope he's not listening to because we <laughs> drove it like it was stolen that second day. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. the, um, but you know, you, you just spend the entire day burning your eyeballs in the, in the jigs. You're basically looking in the prop wash the whole day. You're watching, yeah. uh, you know, 200 foot long by 40 or 50 foot wide swath of water for something that looks like the corner of your cell phone sticking up out of the water. That could be the only end that one, you know, we've, we've had them like where that. you just yeah. see like just, just a littlest scratch of the surface like a behind the jig. Out of the water. Like, wow. Is that a back. fish? <laughs> like, boom, you throw a bait back. Oh, I'm on. Yeah, that one, that one oh, day at Santa Barbara man. Island. We, yeah. we do that, and it's like a 200-pound blue marlin. Yeah, That's just showing see. this much fin. Yeah. Just Dude. amazing how yeah. much you don't see where they don't come up. And they're not biting the jigs. They're just looking. They just so if you don't throw a bait back, you're not going to even get a chance. Of yeah. So. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Lot, lot, probably a lot different than what most of your podcasters what the hell is a marlin <laughs> we're trying to we had some trout guys that are pros come oh, cool. on. yeah so we're trying to open it and we had a uh, the fish head underspin the guys from georgia uh the he's an ml uh the major league fishing pro oh no, uh, that's so cool. he called in and we're trying to but this is since we live here we kind of want to yeah. focus on right and we yeah. I, I like it's fun because i have no uh I'm not trying to get anything out of this. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not awesome. trying to. I'm not trying to get sponsored or promoted. It's just fun for me. Yeah. And the reason I ask these questions, my payment is, what do what can I get from you? Like we can nice. learn from the guest. Sure. Yeah. Well, the one the one thing about fishing is the more different species you get good at fishing for, the better angler you are because yeah. it all transfers over one to the other. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you, you see that we always talk- just only fish for bass. I mean, yeah, you'll be a good bass fisherman, but you're never going to get the experience like Eric's gotten over the last three, four seasons to go out on the big boats and, and do the Marlin tournament. And we're also you know? bluefin tuna experts after oh, day. <laughs> we did one day of expert bluefin tuna yeah. fishing. Do you guys do any freshwater? Uh, no. No? Eric, no? I probably I, would. Actually, we were talking about it the yeah. other day. <laughs> we were talking about fishing the freshwater bass tournament. We were talking about fishing in a freshwater bass tournament. Just going stone dick cold, no pre-fish with our... That's you know, crazy. Drive man. the Everglades yeah, in a, and yeah. grab the 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 whatevers and yeah. Throw up I mean, 150 if he can catch, bucks if he can catch Calico bass on a Ned rig, he can catch you know, largemouth bass on it. it. It can't be that much different. I mean, it, I know it's a lot more pressured. <laughs> yeah, and I know that you know it's a lot more crowded, and you got to get on the merry-go-round to wait for your spot at, when you want to go to fish it. But uh, fish or fish, you know, and if you get good at catching one, you should be getting good. You know, you. Should be able to figure them out. Yeah, yeah. I, I take. Uh, we go up to the Delta every year. We didn't go this year, but we rent a house up in Discovery Bay up there. And I, my buddy who owns the bait company in Long Beach, uh, Nachos Barge, and all yeah. those things. Yeah. And uh, he's a uh, really into wakeboarding, and uh, I like wakeboarding too. I'm not great at it, but uh, we'll go up there. He, him and I and uh, a couple other friends we grew up with sport boats. We'll go up and rent a big house up there. I'll tow my boat up. And he'll tow his wakeboard boat up. I'll tow my uh, Cayman up there, and we'll fish and wakeboard for a week. And that's about the only freshwater fishing I do, but it's pretty fun. Stripers. It's pretty easy up there. Stripers, largemouth, stuff fun, like that. Yeah. yeah, all the freshwater spots are just too far away from here to really make any. That's what run changed. At it, that's what you know? changed my whole. Uh, I bought a low from a Last Chance Performance like a, three years ago, and then I was fishing Diamond Valley a lot. I'm like, it's so far, right? And then uh, I looked into 
fishing the harbors. And I'm like, right. oh, this is cool. Way then better. I got into calico fishing. Right. So, but, uh, I mean, it, it, you're right. It is, it's easy for me to run 20 minutes than it is an hour. Right. Half. I you have know? a uh, freshwater fishing story that I think you guys might appreciate. Cause talks it. I know uh, Joe Gata was in here the other day. It made me think of it. I used to fish with Mark Higashi a lot. Him and I have been friends since we were teenagers. Uh-huh. I don't go into his shop anymore because he's busy and he's, you know, very into freshwater fishing now. And yeah. we used, well, we used to fish saltwater tournaments together and different stuff. But years and years ago, I was probably in my mid twenties. He's like, there's this striper bite going on at, uh, Pyramid, not Pyramid, uh, Lake Skinner. He's all there, you know, we're going to go. He's all come by the shop. We used to go hang out over there and at night and stuff, whatever. So yeah, he's bringing up these giant rubber trout. He's got a five gallon bucket and they're like the length of the rubber bucket. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that. I'm like, are you messing with me? Because this looks ridiculous. He's like, no. I'm like, should I bring any other rods? No, we're just going to fish these. Okay. So we drive to Lake Skinner in the morning. We go, and where you go to pay to get in, there's a but they have a bunch of Polaroid pictures still on the on the windows of the guard guard shack there, and every picture is Mark holding up a big striper. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see what happens. So we go out. To yeah. the, uh, we get out of the water. It's my first time. I fished Lake Puddingstone once with another friend. This is my first time actually being in a bass boat on a lake. Yeah. We get out there, and I cast this big trout out. It's winding on the surface. There's this huge boil. I'm like, is there otters or sea lions or something in here? What is that? And he, you know, he's all that with a striper. I'm like, no way. And like next cast, he gets like a 30-pounder. Yeah. We had, I don't know, we had probably 10 striper that day that were from like 15 to about 30. Awesome. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. So yeah. easy to do this. So. I got some of those baits. I got a rod. I went back like two weeks later, rented the boat, never saw it. <laughs> and I gave up on freshwater fishing. There you go. That's <laughs> it. And that's how it works, man. 100%. That's what changed me from a uh, – I love freshwater fishing, but now it's like I can go fish yeah. calico. I know I'll catch something. You got that inner harbor. It's such a great fishery. Yeah. You, know, you can you – can, yeah. the wind's blowing. You can hide from the weather. You can, you know, low tide, high tide, whatever you – crankbait – rubber worm swim bait rip bait i mean whatever you like to fish you can fish in there and usually catch something on it you know and if you size your tackle properly you can have fun and you don't need to make a 60 mile run to have your five fish hero shot at the end of the day and 60 miles of fire hose to the face on the way home well you know it's funny a lot of these guys are going to come in they're like yeah it got really good at four o'clock till dark yeah i'm already taking a nap we we we're, we're usually off that island at 11 yeah. We're, yeah. At my, we're at my house at, by 2, usually. Yeah, we're having cocktail at hand by 3.30 is the goal at all yeah, times. If, it, if it's after 3.30 to my house, it's like a full day. Now, is, that, is this a special cocktail you guys like to have right here? He is a Maker's Mark guy, and I'm a vodka Red Bull guy. I was a little sleepy. I think so he I was feeling a little Red sleepy help, today. Yeah. So he you need the upper and the downer, huh? Yeah. I, and <laughs> you know, basically, all I drink is coffee, water, and bourbon yeah. in that order. <laughs> the, uh, those, those, those trips to the islands for us, and that's why I'm so lucky to have gotten into fishing with Eric, is, you know, get out early, get over there, figure it out, catch them, go home. Yeah. You know, I mean, once you've caught how many bass you know and it's biting you get that real good window where it bites just fucking lights out for 45 minutes or so maybe if you're lucky an hour hour and a half and then it starts petering out it's like oh bitch and let's hang out for another six hours till it bites again <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know i'm like fuck let's we, you, you are you good we, he looks we always look at you you good i'm i'm good are you good yeah Yo. what time is it quarter to 11 let's go the, the, the best Makes example sense. best example sense. that we went to was uh, black friday last year and i know because i remember it being Black Friday, um, me, Decker, and Matt uh, ran over to Clemente, and we planned to just stay as long as 
we need to we get into Northwest Harbor, and it was the best calico bass fishing any of us had ever seen at that island. I mean, like we probably had <laughs> fifty fish over five. We're eight and nine pounders. Mac got one that might have been ten pounds. Wow. We didn't have a scale. There was it was, and this amazing. is by like ten o'clock. This is all on the hard bait and the weed. Yeah, and the weed just, list. Matt, Decker got got one of those Sibyl uh, stick shads. Gets like a you know fourteen incher. He's bigger eight into fourteen inch at the boat than like an eight pounder comes and eats the other hook. Oh my god, that's awesome. just insane. It was good fishing. And, yeah, uh, it sounds like we're it. Just, we, we made like four or five drifts. It's we like were ten- watching boats go by us. Yeah, off the castle, back here. I mean, three or four times the same. Couple and guys and, and went we by. felt like them. You know, if you see us sitting in a spot, we're all we're, I'm an obsessive mover. Yeah, I'm like, if you see us sitting there that long, you should it's come good. over. We don't say, need hey, to uh, you guys getting on? But Jerry, uh, our buddy Jerry, finally pulls up. And I'm like, dude, just drift this kelp line. It's wide open. Yeah. So we make one more drift through. We pull out. We're like getting our foul weather gear on. We're going to take off. He's all, I thought you said it was biting. I'm like, yeah, it's been biting for three hours. How many bass do we want to catch? He's all, it's 1030. I'm like, perfect. We'll be home by one. You right. know? Let's <laughs> so. go beat the wind. You yeah. know? No, I hear you. That That's that's kind of the same way I go. You know, like we'll go for half a day and then. We catch some fish, cool. Let's go home. Yeah, and with kid, little kids too. Oh right yeah, now. It's you like, spend you your, got your time at home. I got to get home as soon as possible, or our wife's going to cut my head off. I, mean, I, I can see <laughs> where the guys say that you know they, it's an investment. They you know they work all week and they got one day to go, and they're going to go to the island. They're going to get the most bang for your buck. But mm-hmm. you know, shit. Usually when I go to the, Eric and I go, I'm so I'm sixty years old. And I'm so still jacked up. I'm up at three. You know, I'm usually up at four to go to yeah. my day job, and I'm up at two thirty, three o'clock. You know, <laughs> oh, all right, man, we're going, getting everything yeah, ready. Yeah. You know, and then you launch and you, you you jam over there and you fish hard, and you know if it slows down and you, you try to wait around, and oh, you, you get that little flurry before dark. You know, and sometimes darks at seven thirty. Yeah, you know, so you fish until seven thirty. You know, into the darkness, and okay, now you got to. You know, I don't like running home in the dark or and and just. I don't that, like getting that, hammered by wind. That on pounding the that pounding ride, I'm over it. You know, yeah, it's just, I bet. I mean, you've done it for so many years. It's like, yeah, I'm and we good. have the luxury of fishing when we want to, basically. So it's like, I'm not gonna beat myself up. I can come in tomorrow if I want to. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, those guys got to go to work the next day, and they're getting back from the island at nine thirty, <laughs> yeah. ten o'clock at night. You know, no, yeah, I, I don't like too much for me. Yeah. That's why when yesterday we were in the bay going, yeah, this is pretty nice, this bay trip today. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was cold. We really got cold, cold in the, the morning. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was really cold. For about like, our five-minute run. And then we're yeah. like, oh, that's good. It's it's that's yeah. a nice yeah. run right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, you don't, and this is something I was thinking about uh, listening to a lot of this, you know, your guys' podcast and stuff. I think, you know, you, you talk about, and I'm maybe jumping out of turn here, you know, talk about advice to give the people who aren't really – into this don't try and live up to the expectations of somebody's instagram photo yeah. yeah because it's not realistic you know some i take a lot of photos for the magazines the internet and all the other things i'm, I'm doing stuff for and some of the photos that look like that must have been the best day ever weren't you know there's a picture there's a huge bass i got with you and matt that one day probably 10 pound plus fish we didn't have a scale on the boat if you looked at that, you'd go, oh, man, it got a giant bass. You know, it looks think, beautiful. It was one of the two fish we caught that yeah, day, and right? Decker did not catch I a single bass in two trips. I did not catch a fish trips. in two trips. Yeah. Dude. Two yeah. trips to Clemente. All I caught was mackerel at the harbor mouth that yeah. I was going to use to throw on marlin if we saw one. <laughs> yeah. So. You know. But, Just, like, everybody thinks it's the enchanted isle, you not. know, the tragic pile. I mean, it can be as bad as any place you've ever been. Yeah. We almost you know? ran your boat out of gas that day, too. Ooh. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We we seventy nine seventy nine point nine eight gallons. We burn. Well, we were doing the yellow fin, blue fin combo into yeah. the island loop, loop to the island, trying to find. I was like, hey, this place sucks. Let's go. You know, and you know, it's <laughs> funny about the, the tuna. We pretty much every trip this year, we saw them. We only caught them two trips. We see them and like, do you have anything tied on? Yeah. No. Do you have anything tied on? No. Okay, let's go. One of the, one of the classic ones, we're running to Clemente, we're running to the east end, and we're about six or seven miles off the island. Yellowfin just come up jumping right in front of us. Pull the boat out of gear. Tie a couple of jigs on. See the yellowfin? No. Oh, there they are. Drive over there. Make a couple casts. They're not coming up. They move. The birds are going. Yeah, let's just go pitch bass. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This is too much effort. Yeah, you definitely. Know? But then we're peeling off the island at 11 o'clock, and I'm like, yeah. no, let's go. Maybe run down a little towards the 289. The weather was nice. Let's <laughs> see if we can great. find some fish. I mean, there, there are probably some down there. And I, I go, okay, you get your thing tied on. He's tying on his sub walker. And I, and I look at we're We're not fucking half a mile off the island. I'm like, oh, there's some. Yeah. You know? Looping on a whale. Saw a no whale. Like, oh, you know there's some on that whale. Slide over there. <laughs> fucking fish shining on the whale. Eric hammers like 50-pounder on the wow. subwalker. Yeah. No way. Made another couple dozen casts on. It's like, nah, that's good. Let's go. Yeah. Only we, boat on it. We're, you know, you know we, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, we had that day where he got a 200-pounder this year, and um, those things suck. You know, <laughs> you know, I've bought a couple of those things now that came off and different stuff like that. You know, the guys that are excited about it, that's great for them, but what a bullshit fishery that really is. You know, you go out there and you drag this rubber flying fish around by a kite you can barely see off in the distance. You know, you know, I know that people, it's a glory fish. People like to have that. But, you know, we went out that day and it's like we found a huge foam burst and that was super fun. But after you fight two and catch one. It's not that fun. We had a broken gap, so we couldn't. And it was the only gap we had, so we wouldn't have been able to land another one anyway. Yeah. But we wouldn't have fished anymore anyway. It's like, yeah, that was really something. We're going to go home and have a cocktail. They were yeah. an hour late. You know, yeah. that and the, the whole, you know, not to put anybody down for it, but that whole fighting your fish in the rod holder, you know, just fucking get an electric reel and a net, you know. Fighting the fish in the rod holder. I mean, on a skiff, you shouldn't have to use the rail. You know, get yourself a good harness and a belt and stand up yeah. like a man. You know, you know, you're you're, you're not. That's you're the not, IGFA, Jimmy. Talking. You're not. You're not flexing <laughs> any. I don't care about your two hundred pounder that you got. You know, when you're 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 kneeing it on the rail. For, yeah. And, you know. I mean, that's just the way I am. No. I would not. Eric's like, you want me to take him? No, you're not touching (laughs) this fucking rod, man. I would not let that thing touch the rail. I fought it in the belt. No harness. Yeah. We killed it in like. 25 minutes right yeah it was probably up in 20 minutes another 40 minutes trying to get into trying the boat to get the the gap. Gap. Yeah, oh, yeah once we got it to the boat but just you was... two trying to pull it in yeah. well no what happened was so uh, oh this, god this is a horrible story i didn't i was hoping this one would come up <laughs> this is it so we we get we, it to the boat yes yeah, so we have we have this fish we have this fish in color we we hooked one before on a nine foot jig stick just that was definitely not we ended up right breaking setup. 80 pound braid between the reel and the first guy pulling on it so hard oh it's dragging the boat baggers it was just I was using the rail. I ruined Jack's rail. I ruined my jig stick. All the handle was ripped off. It was just a nightmare. And ended up breaking because it was like I'm not gonna. I I wasn't. I'm gonna back up another step here. We're seeing these fish. We have mackerel. So Jimmy's trying to hook one on a mackerel with a swordfish rod. They're not eating the mackerel. The mackerel is swimming right through right a football through field of foaming 150 to 250, probably 300 pound bluefin. Yeah. 
So I'm like, are these just not biting? And I'm eyeing the subwalker. I get done my jig stick. I'm like, I'm just going to cast out and see if they're biting. I, <laughs> Matt and I, my bow partner Matt and I, had just fought a 200-pounder, probably close to 200-pounder, for an hour and a half, two or three weeks before, and lost it to color on the jig stick with the wrong gear. God. So I'm like, all right. So I cast the thing out. It hits the water. I'm immediately on. Fish runs off like 200 yards in line. Comes off. Winding the thing back. Like this fast. You know, not... Presenting the lure, yeah, yeah. 50 feet for the boat, another fish eats it, runs straight down. Dumps half a spool and comes off. Winding it straight up, another fish eats it, and then we're on that thing for like 45 minutes, just killing us. <laughs> so I'm like, that was bullshit. <laughs> I said, you know, what else do we have? So I had a big popper. Yeah. So I was like, tie that on your swordfish yeah. rod. 100 to 100. While he's tying it on, there's foamers up in every direction. Uh-huh. I'm like, which one do you want to run to? Well, how about that one? Okay. Lobs that thing out there. You know, uh, and uh, we were on. Yeah, and he fought that thing for about 20 minutes. He has a deep color. It looks smaller because it's deep. Mm-hmm. The water's real clean. It's like, that's probably a 100-pounder. Okay, cool. We got our gaff of standards, a fiberglass gaff. and a foot uh, off go with a big hook. Mm-hmm. So right when I get the gaff, the fish swims straight to the surface and rolls on its side and goes in a circle. And, and says, I'm 200 plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's all... So when it comes through, gaff it under its belly by the, the pectoral Pets. fins. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't let go. Okay, if you gaff them there and roll them over, they're on their back. Uh-huh. They're not ever used to being on their yeah. back. So a lot of yeah. times, right. you sit there for yeah, a minute. You would you think. Yeah. You would think. So, <laughs> That's what they tell me in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so I gaff the thing, and I did not let go. But six seconds later, there's water 50 the feet in the air. <laughs> Decker's just about falling over, and I'm holding a three-foot section of gaff handle. Oh, my god! And the gosh. fish is smoking drag. Oh, he's smoking drag that time. <laughs> so oh, we get man. it back up, and we're like, what are we going to do now? And there's some divers, free divers around there. So I'm waving to them, like, come over here, help and they're us. they're waving help. back. Yeah, right on. <laughs> we're getting them, too. Cool, yeah. man. So we get it up, and Decker's like, get the dock line, and we'll make a loop and run the rod through it. And then when it comes, we'll slide it over the fish's nose and pull it tight as the tail rope. Yeah. So we do that, and... The, the popper floats. is in the fish's mouth, mm-hmm. and the line gets snagged on the popper, yeah. and it rips the line out of my hands. The fish swims away again. Oh. I'm like, you have another line? No, that's the only one I have. I'm like, all right. So we have our only line attached <laughs> to the fish. Yeah. Our, our gap only gaff stuck yeah. in the fish. <laughs> so he gets it back to color. I'm, gonna, I'm like, should I grab it by the tail? And he's like, no, I think the gap is still in the fish. Yeah. So we get the fish up to color or up to the surface, but now the gap is on the other side of the 200-pound fish and hanging straight down. Yeah. So I've got one arm under the gunnel, reaching it up to my shoulder over this fish, trying not to get the it. popper in my hand, grab yeah. that little gap stuff and roll that thing over. Got he, the dock line. He untangles the dock line from the, from the popper hook that's on there. Got he gets it around the, the tail. tail. We tied it up like, oh, yeah, high fly. Yes. I'm holding the rope with one hand, thinking <laughs> yeah. the fish is dead. Oh. This thing goes apeshit. <laughs> I mean, that rope like, in my head. I only have like a foot of left. I stop it. Like, oh, God. And we try and pull the fish in. He's like, I'm too tired. I'm like, oh, it was hard. And the gun was low on the back of my butt. He goes, yeah. I go, just get that thing all the way to the back. And we just, we heave-hoed it over the yeah. side. And what went, a wow. mess. Wow. Once that. it hit the deck, it was like, fuck, that was a big one. It taped at like 207 or something. Yeah, we're like, never doing that again. Yeah. We were like, we're done. <laughs> Then we're like, we're done. I'm like, well, just let me throw the bass rod on this spot up here, you know, and we'd hang another one. Yeah. That was a great day. We knew day. it wasn't going to last. We were, but... we were all by ourselves that day, just yeah. the divers, the, that diver boat that was back there. I think that wow. was Lasley's kid, actually, that yeah. was back yeah. there. You know, but that, that's was... what's fun. You know, that's what that, that, that offshore tuna, that should be a novelty for guys. It's not, yeah. If you get too into it, you're just going to be miserable. I mean, running far. I mean, that stuff was, 
a mo- less than a mile off Warrensworth. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, it's it's and the the thing find about it. that stuff is too. It's like fuck. That's it's. I mean, I processed that whole fish. You know, I mean, I gilled and gutted it when we were out there. You know, yeah. And, and I mean, it was a two hundred pound tuna is a lot of I'm meat. Sure, you know? I mean, I was like. Too. Yeah. Trying to give it away. I mean, because we have the rule at our house is like nothing goes in the freezer. You either eat it or yeah. you give it away. So, I mean, and there's guys that are like, oh, I got, you know, whenever they were going, oh, I got two. I'm going back out tomorrow. I'm like, are, you're serious. Are you, you throwing know, a dumpster? Why? Or, yeah. Just, you know. Too much fish. Fucking tie, yeah. tie something onto your dog and just let him run down the street and try to fight him back <laughs> to the house. You know, if, if you're jonesing for something no, to pull that hard, dude. you know, as opposed to go out and, I mean. It's sad to think how much of that fish probably went to waste. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people that yeah. first, they either didn't take care of it on the boat right or they didn't take care of it once they got home. Because if you don't get those gills and that stomach out. If it's like 150 degrees, it's, I mean, it's disgusting the, when the, you cut them open. The oh, thing I to bet, do is you got you to towel them for like at least an hour. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you try to take that shit out of them immediately and throw it in your ice, it's just going to burn all your ice out immediately. So you... Throw, I mean, like the swordfish guys use big burlap, that really thick burlap, yeah. you know. So you got to you got to towel them for an hour, like to cover them up and keep them wet with something, just to, so their temperature just starts to come down. Mm-hmm. Then you know you make that cut and you pull their gills and their guts out and try to stuff a bag of ice in in that cavity first to get them to come down more. Then you can go ahead and put them in the kill bag. Okay, but I mean, how many guys do that? <laughs> They're not, not not very many. Yeah. You know, it's they just, throw them on the deck. You know, I got to weigh my fish with the guts in, you know. Hey, wait till oh, it gets nice and stiff so I can take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. But, but, you know, it's cool. You know, it's, it's well, a good... Well, you guys have fished so long. You've seen you've seen it all. Seen a lot. Like, you guys have seen a lot of trends and, yeah. you know. We were also very lucky, which is good. We're, oh, yeah. You know, I... I'm not going to speak for. Decker, I got to but catch the very end of the good, and then the really slow, and now the good again. Yeah, you know, you, know, it, you don't. So when, was, when was it slow? Like, uh, like '90s. Yeah, the mid '90s. You know, until kind the '90s, '98 El Nino was yeah. dog shit. Yeah, really slow, slow. I mean, you know, just slow. You go on an overnight boat out of San Diego and catch three pound yellowtail and four and five pound yellow pin, and that was good fishing. But that was, you know, wow. before the internet, you're like, yeah, they're all the same size in the paper. Before the right. internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, one of the things about, you know, we're, you know, this is something I, I wanted to get out there. And, that, you know, a lot of the guys that come on here, I, you know, I, I know we're all here to talk about being good fishermen and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is something for the guys or, you know, listeners who are like, wow, these guys are good fishermen. You don't have to be that good of a fisherman. You just have to pay attention and get out there. And if you go out there a lot of times to do the right thing, you'll get really lucky. Yeah. I mean that I yeah. had a 2015. I had a, a last minute article request from Sport Fishing Magazine for a thing on the El Nino thing that was happening. I called Decker. I'm like, "Hey, dude, can we go out and troll for blue marlin or wahoo?" That's when they were catching them. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, but I'm going to Cabo for a month to fish the the Bisbees and stuff." He's like, "I can go Tuesday from like eight to noon or something." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that's fine. We'll go out and take some pictures." We went out and put the jigs in, and what, 10 minutes later, we caught like a 50-pound wahoo. Yeah. Are you serious? And then we ran to the Avalon Bank. We're trolling for trolling Blue Marlin, the boat near us hooked. Blue Marlin, yeah. yeah. And, and we were back at the dock by noon. And you and feel like that that's kind of a luck. It's, it's oh, 100% God, yes. luck. Okay. That's what I mean. I mean, and If you put yourself in the right place, yeah. and you, you know, if you're new to fishing, if you're trying to get better at fishing, pay attention to what people are doing. 
and try and mimic that, have the right gear, have the right approach, <laughs> yeah. learn as much as you can, and just go out and do it. And the best, uh, you know, no one's a Southern California Wahoo trolling expert. <laughs> oh, you know, it, yeah, it's blind luck. <laughs> and what's even funnier with that Wahoo, we trolled by this kelp patty and caught a Dorado. Yeah. I saw a bunch of flash under it, so we we're gonna troll by it again. We put the jigs out. Decker's like, "Oh, that you know, the, the, the short corner is not out far enough." So I let the jig back like back ten about feet. Six feet. I put it back in gear. It's like, <laughs> and we have it. It's like if I hadn't done that okay, or whatever, it's just blind luck, okay. you know. So put yourself out there, go out there, do the stuff that's smart. And you know, one of the reasons that we. My whole goal in life is to fish where other people are not. I don't like to be around other boats. Yeah. I I bet. Yeah, I feel the I, same way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if you go to, like, when those bluefin were biting at desperation, rainy for whatever, there'd be 100 boats out there. I mean, there's that's not the only place there are tuna. So yeah. look what's there. Look where conditions are the same. And go take a look. You're probably not going to find them, but if you do... You're going to look like a hero, you know, or whatever. And you'll have a much better chance of catching them if yeah. you do. Find yeah, them, that's you know? the thing is that the chance is probably tenfold compared to where everyone's on a boat on a same yeah. spot with all those boats. Yeah, yeah. that's the reason sense. we get our own boats. We don't have to fish around people. I yeah. was a sport boat guy for thirty years, and uh, wow, yeah. it's been over ten Makes years since lot, I've been on one, and I would never go again because of that. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, well, and the thing about owning your own boat is you can fish what you want too. I mean. Honestly, I know for a fact that neither of us have probably fished a lead-headed swim bait in over two years. We were actually laughing. We had Brian Sander, who makes uh, LK lures out on the boat at Clementi, and he's tying on a swim bait with a lead. I'm like, what the hell is what that? What the hell is that yeah. thing, man? He's like, no lead-headed swim bait lure, huh? We just don't like to fish we just, that way. We just, if they don't bite in the top five feet of the call, we're other not stuff. I mean, I've been throwing the crankbait super hard for the last couple of years. Yeah. The, I've been throwing the, the rip bait for a while now. I mean, just... Other things, you know, that I've, I've, yeah, you can yeah, go out I've, and catch them on a swim bait almost every single day. Uh-huh. But it's like I'd be way more stoked to get one or two on the crankbait than ten or fifteen on you know crawling yeah. a lead right. head. It's on like the the, uh, the hookup bait guy was on here the other day, Chad. He's a cool guy, but you know he those baits, those things work. I mean, they, they'll, they'll, oh, uh, yeah. they'll shoot we the lights out. Them, you, know, yeah. you couldn't get me to fish one because it's so not how I want to fish. Yeah. You know, I just. It's a very effective bait, but it's I'm not, not that style horny of to wind one in. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. I like I like to cast. You and like crank. the challenge. I like to cast. Hey, and crank, there we man. go. We just got a sample for yeah. the new intro. There you go. It's actively tricking the fish into biting a lure through your presentation is what yeah. it comes down to. We fished the Sabil Stick Shad, which is a very difficult bait to fish. Right, it's a weird looking bait, but if Boy, you do it right, it works. You can really. Get the fish to come out and react to it. And mm-hmm. it's not the same every time. Sometimes they want it, you know, burn it. Sometimes they want it slow. Sometimes they want a real long pause with the thing floating on the surface. And, you know, you figure those things out. And then when you get a bite and you can repeat that over and over, yeah. it's uh, you very feel, rewarding. You feel, yeah, you feel like you've accomplished something as opposed to, like, firing out a two-ounce swim bait and letting it sink to the bottom and crawling it along the bottom. You know, dunk. oh, there's one. Yeah, and it's, it's cool to hear everyone's different uh, outlook on it because... Uh, Justin, but I mean, both of us are pretty, he's coming back into calico fishing or fishing, you know, like more and I'm just starting. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know how to fish a swim bait that great. I fish a jerk shad a lot. Right. I'll yeah. fish a jerk bait. That jerk shad's money. Oh man. man. And then I, whenever the... it's not biting somewhere, I, I always tell her <laughs> because the, 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 that seven inch jerk shad, I mean, 
It's like I had a lot to do with like getting that thing on the West Coast. Oh man, you know, uh, Jeff Leaveson had a couple that, packs of them, and we fished yeah, them. And I'm like, dude, that, we killed that, it. Uh, that owner sledhead set up to fish with that bait. Yeah, fish it with the real handle and stuff. Yeah, that was all yours. Yeah, that thing going, but I mean. We will be at spots, and we won't be catching shit. And I'll be like, hey, man, you know what works good here? Jerk chat. <laughs> I, I, I fished through all of that spots with the jerk chat. We've joked, but only taking jerk chat some Yeah, trips. we're like, oh, we should only bring jerk chat to next time. You know what's Dude. funny? We'll go, to, we'll go to Clemente or wherever we go, or Catalina, and yeah. we'll bring three rods each. And, you know, we'll have... Do you a, usually fish with... Uh, how many rods do you guys usually take? That's what I have a question to it's ask. It's different for tournaments or for fun fishing. We've been really cutting it back lately to like a crankbait rod, a, a hard bait rod, maybe a, a, a 10 or 12 pound rip bait rod. And, and a service um, iron rod just in case. And a service iron rod just in case. Yeah. You know, but shit. Tournament days, it's like overload. Yeah. You know, I got, Every I got a 16-foot running crankbait rod, an <laughs> 8-foot running crankbait rod, yeah. small And depending Alabama on the tournament rig. you're doing yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes exactly. sense. Yeah. But when we fun fish, you know, when it's... When we fun uh, fish, it's like three rods each. It, usually, it, and and a, only and one a, or two of them can get picked on. up. I mean, or it's, one. Well, last time we went to Clemente, I threw nothing but a DD-100 on 15-pound fluorocarbon yeah. line the entire trip because I didn't care. I don't... I, you know, and that's one of the nice things about fishing a lot is I don't give a shit if I catch anything or not. And a lot of times, if there's three guys on the boat, I won't even fish. Even on Jimmy's boat, I'll just, I'll just drive from the console. You know, I don't, I don't really care that much. And um, you're more that, about catching the fish the way you want to catch. The yeah, fish. exactly. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, I'm happy. I'm happy just fishing the way I want to fish. If I catch something, it's great. And that's kind of the whole thing. And I think that's. I didn't used to be that way. I used to be the guy like, oh, my God, they caught Yellowtail in San Diego. i got to leave work and go down there immediately. <laughs> if I don't catch the most on the boat, I'm going to be mad all week and I have to go get to the next week and all this other stuff. But then, you know, and then it's like, oh, i I got to at least catch five fish in this tournament. And then I realized, you know, well, if you just try and catch five fish to weigh in the tournament, you're probably not going to win the tournament. So it's like, well, you know, I want to catch 25 pounds the tournament. I need this. So I'm not catching this. I'm going to go fish somewhere else or do something different. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you start fishing – correctly and you, start, and you guys both fish you fish with matt right i fish with matt but this year i'm gonna be fishing with jimmy because okay. matt has trouble getting off work for it and it's too cold in the mornings for my partner yeah. on a lot of the Uh-oh. tournaments <laughs> the wife gets chilly but yeah going back to one of the things eric's saying you know if you want to be a good fisherman you got to be able to fish everything you know i fished that jerk shad i mean for a long time you know and, that and was, that's and how that I, was, i've seen you before we i even knew anyone was your videos that was what i YouTube, that was what i fished you know there. and i'm like fuck man I, I i got to expand you know so i got i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
fuck, I don't know how many years ago it was. I got into fishing that SP Minnow, and I just fished it. And that's all I fished. Great. SP Minnow, yeah. SP Minnow, SP Minnow. Then I'm like, fuck this SP Minnow, man. I got to learn how to fish crankbait. Fucking last few years, just crank, 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 man. That's all I want to fish is the crankbait. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, whatever else the next it's going to be like. There's no good golfers that can only hit their driver. <laughs> that's true you know there's no good golfers that can yeah. only putt if you can't get everything from one to the other you know so you're expanding you, you, the arsenal yeah you more can't more. have yeah. those weak spots in your yeah. in your game because you know you're you'll get blanked when especially for tournament fishing you know and if you want to become a better fisherman don't go where the fishing's good that's one of the things we learned a long time ago <laughs> yeah and you know good fishing never made good fishermen it's not it, you can go to clemente and you can be the king there and you can oh i catch Freaking 10 six pounders every single trip. Go fish PV in April. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh my God, are they even fishing this ocean? Yeah. <laughs> the current so, going uphill. Yeah. So it's, it's just stuff that you learn. And you know, a lot of times it's not as fun, but it, if you look at it as a challenge to, hey, how can I become a better angler? Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I, I talk about in a lot of stuff that I write and stuff like that is that we're not all great right off the bat. And, you know, some things are more rewarding than other things. You know, if you don't know how to fish marlin and you go out and you catch a marlin, you're like, fuck yeah, I just caught a marlin. Yeah. But if you don't know how to catch calico bass and a kelp at Rocky Point during the fall when the conditions are bad and you figure it out and you catch a two-pound calico, it's not as exciting. But if you want to figure out, oh, you know, I just caught five of these, I figured this out. You need to take that that reward as it is and not just associate it with a bigger fish or a more glamorous fish. Yeah. yeah. Because you learn a lot more by figuring out a tough condition than you do by catching something big or remarkable. Right. So that's like, you know, the, the guy's like, you know, I got a 10-pound calico bass at whatever, or, you know, whatever. Sacramento Reef. Yeah. Or, you know, it's my grandmother who was uh, from Germany. It, 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 it's a German saying, but it translates as the dumbest farmers grow the biggest potatoes. And that doesn't mean, you know, it's what it says just because you can – Get lucky and have a something big doesn't yeah. mean that you're good, you know. And it's yeah. the guy that can go and catch fish in every situation that's going to be the uh, the better angler, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's sense. why I like fishing with him because I'm more of like a free baller. Like let's just fucking go. I'm looking in here, and, and he. Uh, and I, I I've got, actually learned it. a lot from fishing with Eric because he's like. Really looks at it hard, and it's like, you know, if like the kelp doesn't look that good here, I know the water looks okay. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead and make a couple casts. All right. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you're right. Let's split. Boom. And we take off and yeah, go to the yeah, other spot. You know, reading water and things but like that are really important. I'll take yeah. him to spots, and he'll go, fuck, I've, I've, I've been by this spot a million times, and I have never pulled in here. And we're just like, bam, bam, yeah. bam. That's nice. you know? yeah. And that's how you find those spots. Yeah. by fucking going in there and yeah. figuring it out but you know definitely it's uh, a lot of guys you know it's if you if you have a spot mindset when you're fishing for anything that's not going to work you know you're gonna yeah there's gonna be a good percentage of failure and the ability to determine things or to take a look at things and my, my partner matt always gets so mad at me when we're fishing sand bass and tournaments i i used to be just about sand bass fishing because that was a, a good way to win the tournaments and yeah. I, you know I'm, i'll still fish them during tournaments i don't fish them for fun anymore now i haven't figured it out as much as you can <laughs> but we'll, we'd pull up on a spot small structure spot and i'd say okay let it go he'd drop a swim bait down be like stop wind it up he, i'm not even to the bottom yet yeah it's it's fine we're off we didn't get on the spot right you know we slid past it or just yeah. that you know we're two feet off where we need to be to catch that fish yeah and that special uh, i can't even yeah. see the spot yeah. and he's <laughs> like no forget it you're off it i thought like, great and, you know, and i cast behind the boat then. no 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 talking about the spot you know structure spots that are submerged things you know i i was one of the just the 
previous boat that Matt and I got was a Blazer Bay 18-foot. It was a bay boat they brought out here. We got, like, the first one out here, and the guy was tied in with the Humminbird, so he got us that side imaging when nobody really had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took a while to figure that out, but, you know, just something as simple as that, I learned that some of the more pressured artificial reefs, like in Santa Monica Bay or in San Diego and stuff, just the fact that a boat drives over them will put those fish down. Yeah. And... By using side imaging or something like that to find a spot off to the side of the boat and don't ever run it over but cast to it, it gets more bites. And then you can take it to the next step where I have to be down sun of the spot. Wow. So I'm not casting so a shadow over You're it. doing some research. Yeah, yeah and I'm That's what I mean when he figures it out. You know, I'm like, oh, there's a rock over here. my boat away from yeah. these fish. And, you know, that's – these are the little things. And those are the things you tweak out on when the fishing's tough. If you go to yeah. Clementine, it's wide open. You're not going to learn any of that. Yeah. And that may not help you anywhere else, like but it could. I mean, the same stuff that worked in Santa Monica Bay worked in San Diego. I, I showed Decker. I'm like, go ahead, cast like 50 feet that way. Hits the water. Ugh! You know, whereas yeah. if you went and dropped on this rock, you wouldn't even think there was a fish there. Right. You know, so these are the little things to think about when you're yeah. fishing. Do you yeah. guys keep logs? I used to. I don't need to. I have a... One of those weird memories that he's, I have. Oh, he's hey, got it dialed. He's yeah. that good, huh? Yeah. He's that it's not, fucking no, it's good. Not, it's not being good. I have <laughs> I'm this, just messing with you. I'm really good at that game where you turn the cards over, remember what's on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. I can. I don't know why I have this or whatever, but I can like I can leave the harbor and I can drive straight to a 10-foot-around structure spot off Newport Beach yeah. with no coordinates until I'm, you know, a couple hundred yards from it, turn on the graph and adjust my course. You'll know kind of where you're going. Yeah, That's I just great, have a sense yeah. for everything and a layout and I have very specific memory of um, conditions in places, too. I can remember a lot of this kelp bed five years ago when I was here this time of year. We had downhill current, bass bed. I caught one over there. I don't know why. that. I don't know my wife's birthday. but uh, <laughs> That's probably the yeah. worst thing to not know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Uh, but so you but you, you think keeping a log was, it would if help a lot If you can't remember it, you if, need to do it. Uh, the only reason, but I, mean, like, the reason keeping, I really uh, kept a log was just to see where I was and what I caught and when time of day more of a time of day thing time of day maybe even current maybe yeah, even just, uh, it was all, it was always either right before or right after the high or low usually yeah. always and it was just like 20 bass 15 bass 10 bass you know at the pipe number one and that's number a different thing for you because you're you were doing it for a living right and you had to make sure you get your clients on bass you know, or on whatever fish you're doing, you got bass. To, yeah. I'm a bass guy. I don't okay. cut squid. I don't <laughs> fucking buy live bait. We're going. If you're going with me, you're going bass fishing. I mean, unless unless the offshore thing's going gung ho, then unless you're going to the go. Then you're going to throw. Po- then you're going to go throw poppers for something. But you're yeah. not going to fly line sardines or <laughs> any of that other scaly yeah, bullshit yeah. on my boat. Yeah, but the trick to that whole thing is just pay exact attention to what's happening. And you know, if you go somewhere and catch a fish, don't say I went to Rocky Point and I caught a bass in the kelp. Yeah. What part of the kelp was I at? How was the current running in relation to the kelp? Where was this fish? Why yeah. was this fish here? What was going on in the water? Was there bait? What was the water clarity? You know, you, if you can develop a story as to why that fish is there, you can look around and see other spots that are going to have potentially fish there. And if you go to another spot that looks the same and you catch another one, you can develop a pattern. Yeah. You can go and just, you know. Click down the beach. Yeah. Even if you can only and, put two or three of the pieces together, a lot of times you'll, you'll still catch fish. And it's a good... Uh, point of view you have is to maybe learn more before you just go out and start chucking yeah think about stuff you know know. and kind of do do the work put the work in a little more you know maybe right that's a good point to to talk about definitely yeah you know one of the probably the best not one of the the single best deep water structure guy on the coast is a guy named eric johnson he used to fish tournaments just dominate Mm -hmm. he stopped doing it um i'm not sure why probably because the kids and stuff but um 
I, you know, I used to talk a lot to him when he was fishing tournaments. We compete for the same water a lot of times, mm-hmm. and that guy would go as far as getting one of those fish cam cameras and dropping it down to the bottom to look at how spots lay out. Wow. And see, on um, when he's not fishing a tournament, just going really say, okay, this spot's here, there's a rock off the side, there's this, this is where there's bait hanging. And then remember that and, you know, see how the entire thing around it. And by doing so, he had a complete understanding. Okay, it's downhill current or down and in. This spot, that spot, this spot is probably going to have active fish on it. Let me go here, here, and here. Yeah. Here I can go catch a six-pounder this time of day. When he used to fish spotted bay bass, he was a real good guy at that. He would write down the depth of water at the end of particular docks when he would catch fish. And so then he would track his tide. That's way too much it. work for 1200 bucks for me. I'll tell you what, though. The guy is probably the, one of the best tournament anglers. So. Super good. Are we taking a break? Oh, I just got to piss real quick. Okay. You have to go to use the restroom anyway? No, I'm good. All right. You can keep talking. Is the camera rolling? Yeah. We can talk among ourselves. There we go. We can talk about you not being able to get out of the truck earlier. Fuck. What an idiot. <laughs> did he tell you? I was pushing the seatbelt on the dry, on the on the fucking door side. I'm like, man, I can't get out yeah, of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take to get that pressure in? It took a while, man. That was a battle. It was like, I had it on. I had it on. I had it on. I fucking something happened, and I went to fucking check my drag, and the line broke in my hand. Oh shit! So I pulled the line off the spool yeah. and fucking. Did a dirt double surgeons loop back on it yeah. and then fucking swung back out and got it back. It was yeah, like crazy. an hour or something. Yeah, but we when that happened, we called the IGFA and they're like, "No, that's totally you can't splice onto another rod." But no. because I was Spliced holding, but I was holding the line and it broke in my hand. I was like, "Fuck!" I was yeah, so yeah. pissed because I was like, "Oh, forty five minutes or an hour into yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Damn it!" And I'm like, <laughs> shining. and I didn't put my rod down because you can't put your rod in the rod holder. Yeah. And I had it under my arm just. Just a freaky thing that it all everything went right. You yeah. know, spe- speaking That's of that, uh, that was yeah. one of the only sharks I ever caught. Cause I, I do not fish for sharks. Yeah, I, 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 I like sharks. In those Marlin yeah. tournaments, you know, they have IGFA rules. The angler, we're not recording right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay well, good. All right, let's get started. Anything that you okay, guys, this, well, let, if, if you guys remember something, like I did, everyone. If there's something you want to cut out, just let me know. Oh, yeah, no problem. There's never anything. So I want we're, to we're fishing. We're fishing the Masters tournament, <laughs> and when Decker and I are in the cockpit. We'll take turns. Like, you gotta go to the bathroom, go downstairs, whatever. So, it was the time of day to go take a dump. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so Jimmy was in the, in the, he's like, I'm gonna go first because I'm watching the jigs. I'm like, so as soon as he comes out, because the Marlin are biting. So, as soon as he comes out, I'm gonna run downstairs, use the head, come back out. So, I'm mentally and physically preparing myself (laughs) to go take a dump. And right when Jimmy comes out, I stand up. One of the trolling rods right next to me goes off, and I grab it. I'm like, oh, shit, I just grabbed the rod. I, nobody <laughs> Once you touch that. it, it's yours. You yeah, own it. I'm like, oh, there's no handing it off. And there was another boat at the time, the Gadzooks. I think they were on a fish for eight hours, and the guy had to take a dump in a bucket in the bow with his buddy oh. standing or watching. Yeah. Oh, that's part of the rules? Of oh, yeah, yeah, you, you can't. can't yeah, once you're can't, on the rod, you're on The it. rod can't touch anything. Except can't the touch the rail. The can't go back in the rod holder. This one's on 30-pound. We were trolling that first year. We were fishing a little heavier on our trolling rods, and I was spooled on a, a Tiagra 20. I mean, there's 600 yards line. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> so they, they'll chase the fish down with the boat, and I got up to the bow, and Sean's going as fast as I can want to fly 25 knots after this fish through the fleet. We get it up. I walk it back to the stern. They grab the leader. I drop the rod. I run it open my pants. <laughs> and I run it down the stairs. <laughs> you know, another minute, I wouldn't have made it. But, uh, yeah. 
Hey, sometimes you get to shake your happens, pants for the man. fish. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, since you guys have some time with boats, do you have any rookie boat moves? Like I've got a, a good, great one. Let's hear it. Yeah. You guys can go both. Go uh, I was a sport boat guy for a very long time. I had friends that had skiffs, and I'd yeah. fish on them a lot. But I didn't get a skiff until I was married. So it was 11 wow. years ago. And uh, Matt and I bought this Key West flats boat off some guy in the valley mm-hmm. just to fish a break wall with. And like our second or third trip we go out, I, was, I went down and practiced back in the boat down and stuff so I'd know yeah. what to do. And, so you uh, had no f- uh, previous... I was I fished a lot on skiffs, but I'd never been the, the boat owner, so I didn't Our deal with any of that. Backing boats up, backing trailers up. No, no okay. zero. <laughs> but I was comfortable enough, so we go out, and uh, I'd had a particularly rough day at work. I was uh, working as a print broker. I had some jobs going South Korea. There was some, it was just a really rough day, uh-huh. and uh, I brought like a twelve pack of beer out. And I'm just I'm like, man, I'm just gonna drink today. You guys, you know. We're going to fish, but you're going to have to drive home, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. We live right by the lawn trap, and he yeah. was at my house, so you know, just get drive my truck home. Then, So we get in, he's like, yeah, but you're going to have to put the boner trailer, because I don't know how to do it yet. Yeah. I'm like, all right, no problem, just back the trailer down. So I get, I'm still kind of nervous back then, and at South Shores, where we're at, has this big surge thing where the water drops, and I'm like, oh, we're going, I get going in, and I'm like, oh, I'm going way too fast. So I'm like, i got to pull the boat into reverse, but... And I wasn't, and I got to clarify, I was not drinking and boating except for like the last five <laughs> feet from the dock to the trailer. Yeah. And instead of backing it down, I just punched the thing forward. Yeah. And the only thing that stopped the bow of the boat from pushing Matt through the back window of my truck <laughs> was me shearing the entire prop off on the back of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really oh. something. That was really That's something. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> So that was it. I've left the plug out a few times other than that. But, but that was, I mean, uh, everyone's, it's nice to know, like, yeah. after, you know, I dropped my boat off my trailer dinner point, my first one. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's done something. Bobby Martinez had a great story. Same thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear, you know. Yeah. So when someone does get a boat and does some fucking stupid dumb head move, you know, like, everyone's done it. Yeah, you know, and it's. It I'm happens. sure whoever's listening goes, yeah. Oh, awesome! I I did the same fucking. I actually thing. have a second story. Now, I, didn't, I didn't want to go share this because um, I'm sure he's never made a single mistake. So I, I'm gonna tell I, this story. I'm trying. I was trying yeah. to oh, think of what have I done? And the lights shine down, and we had Jimmy Decker the motor. Um, anyway, the before one of the tournaments in Dana Point. Oh God, I got two stories. Jesus, this is horrible. Shoot him out. Um, the first one in Dana Point, I backed the boat off the trailer. And you have to wear a life jacket that's clipped to uh, the, the kill, kill switch yeah. in the thing. So I was practicing clipping the kill switch to my life jacket while I was sitting there waiting in line because there's 60 boats launching or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool, so I can take it off. So I take the kill switch off and I put it back in, but somehow the clip ends up getting caught on my pants or my shorts somehow, and I don't realize that. So back to boat off the trailer. I'm drifting in the harbor, you know, waiting for Matt to come down. I walk in there, I go do something. (laughs) I go to do something, the boat dies. I'm like, oh, crap. So I go to start the boat. I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? And I'm like freaking out. So I got a trolling motor. So I pull up and James Shamlin, uh, Eric's partner at the time, he was a boat mechanic. And I'm like, dude, the boat won't start. I don't know. If this everything. <laughs> and the whole time, the six hit me. I'm like, what is this? It's like brushing against my leg like a spider web or something. And as I'm on the phone, I look down. I see the kill switch dangling off to my shorts. <laughs> yeah, well, never, never mind. mind. I fixed it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, another tournament story, uh, Newport Harbor, pitch black, that dune's launch ramp, 70 or 80 boats, one of the real big fields they had. I back the boat off the trail. I go to spin the wheel really hard, and I got a rod holder with a rod with a uh, DD-22 crankbait. 
And when I spin the wheel, I bury that crankbait all the way up to the weld into my palm. Oh, shit. And I'm trying to jockey the boat, and I can't get the rod stuck to another rod that's got a hook caught on that in the other rod holder. So I can't pull the rod out of the thing. So I'm trying to get it loose, and there's other boats. Guys are honking at me and yelling at me because I'm drifting sideways through the thing. So I reach over. like, I don't know what to do. I can't reach pliers. I'm stuck on this hook. I don't know how bad it is. It's pitch black. I just rip it out. And I go back the boat off the trail, or you know, get the boat square in, Matt comes down, he gets, he's got like a headlight to rig up baits, he turns like, what the hell just happened here? The entire boat is CSI. It's oh, pouring shit. out of my hand. It just, I ble- I'm surprised it didn't bleed out that day. It was yeah. like the worst, because it just ripped everything out with it. I was just like, yeah, well, yeah, that's fishing. You know? Wrap it up and get going, <laughs> yeah. huh? I, I, I did think of something that I've done. <laughs> it took me this long. I was dumping Tracy, and Tracy's my wife, and I, she's the boat driver. Uh-huh. We'll say that. <laughs> so uh, I was dumping her in at Dana, and I didn't take the straps off the back oh. that holds the, the transom to the trailer. You know, and I'd always roll it back, and she'd fire it up, and then I'd hit the brake and fucking shove her off, you know. And, okay, we're good. And I'd roll back. Boom. Hit the brake. Oh, fuck. What's going on? Boom. Boom. Okay, hold on, man. Trim it up a little bit. And I'd pull up, and I'd roll back. Doom. I hit the brake. And it just, fucking idiot. Should have t- figured it out within five times. <laughs> I fucking pull. I pull the boat out. Those fucking straps were so fucking tight. I had to, I had to cut them with my fillet knife. I had to cut the, both the straps with my fillet knife because there was no way I could get Loose that little thing, yeah. thing to yeah. pop up and chop it off. And so I bet. And because you like, I have an aluminum boat, seventeen foot, so I can get that and fucking pull it up. Right. But with a heavier boat like that, you can't get oh, on no, that. No, yeah. I, I, I had the strap, the front loose. It was the two in the back. So yeah. You didn't have the front yeah, of the front just, at all anymore. So. Yeah. No, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was the bad one. That was That's probably exactly. my most boner. Boner at the ramp. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's all part of learning. None of us are experts Everybody when we start out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I still have problems uh, <laughs> sometimes. You know, it's uh, we, we Matt and I recently uh, forgot to take the straps off. You, know, you have a routine and... Uh, if, if someone somebody it, does something wrong, <laughs> yeah. throws you out of it. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then suddenly I everything mean, goes to shit. Eric and I are freaks about you know we only get in on our boats on a certain side. Yeah, you know, I'll never get on my boat on the on the yeah. uh, starboard side. I always get in on the port side, like out of the car into yeah. the boat. You yeah, know? it's like it's I'll never station, step no. over the tongue. Yeah. I'll never step over the tongue of my boat. I'll walk around the front of my truck or around the back. Yeah. You get in those little weird things, and if anything goes off, it's like, oh, sh- okay, uh, hold on. What what just happened? Yeah, the time I forgot to put the plug in my boat and almost sank it, uh, on my old boat, we used to take the plug out. My new boat, I don't, because I, I'll pump the bilge out when I'm on the on the ramp, and it's yeah. a very dry boat. Um, we had a toolbox that had the wrench and the thing in it that I would, when I would get ready to go fishing, I would take the toolbox, and I would set it on the back deck, and I would open it. Yeah. And I wouldn't put the plug in right away. I would just do that, and then... Because the toolbox was in the garage, so once the plug was in, it would be closed to put in the boat. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Matt walked up and closed the toolbox, put it in the boat, without thinking that, <laughs> hey, there's no plug in the boat. And uh, so we launched, everything's fine. We were fishing Alameda's Bay. We ran back under that bridge by uh, PCH or whatever there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're fishing, and... The motor, which I hey, have running, getting is getting kind of low. The motor was peeing, and it sounded different. I, and I'm pretty deaf, but it's the water coming out of the motors, and I thought maybe I sucked up some grass. Some I looked back, and there's water just dripping over the transom. I'm like, is it plug in? He's all, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm like, oh, God. So I'm like, there's nowhere to beach. It's just rocks there. And I don't know if this boat's going to just sink like a rock or what. 
So I got to sing up on playing going 30 miles an hour through Alamitos Bay, right across the beach, across from the launch at their mother's beach or whatever that is, yeah, yeah. right up on the sand. Oh, uh, fuck. And pump all that water out. And the lifeguard came over. He's going, wait, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, the boat was sinking. Let's put the plug in. Oh, okay, I've done that. You know, so yeah. it's just, you know, rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah dude. Okay. <laughs> I heard a couple. Joe had the same story uh, from performance. Yeah. And his boat. Same you thing. You got to do fucking, what you got to do. Yeah. You know. Definitely. But I sheared, like, I sometimes stuff will happen. I sheared my uh, fishing on Mission Bay in a tournament. Uh, we were coming out of uh, the harbor, and it was rough. Yeah. And my boat slammed down. And it broke the inflow from my, or the, where it goes from the bait pump to the uh, special guest. The tank. One of the nice. It's up. Oh, and, shit. Uh, bring me my tacos, motherfucker. Oh, we got people coming in. And we had uh, so much water coming What's in that, that I had to, to uh, what's up, buddy, that I couldn't, the boat was sinking, the bilge pump burned out or hadn't been working so i had to turn around and drive through mission bay on full plane the whole way to the launch ramp to not sink my boat and the, of course the cops the harbor police ended up coming in like five minutes later yeah but you know that's what you got to do it's better than sinking your boat so are you doing the next show are you number two? Are you coming in after us? Oh, Benny's coming inside. Benny like, Florentino? No, uh, Seacrest. Oh, oh. oh. oh you oh, better. Jesus. Wow. Another celebrity. So he's like, I'm in your neighborhood, bitch. Get over here. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> oh, nice. You guys are cranking them out today, huh? Production. We're up your, production. Uh, production here. You got the, you got the clips the of this. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, you, you edit this together when we don't talk, right? No, it just rolls. Oh, it just rolls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... It, that's fine. It's live. We're good. Yeah, okay. Do yeah. it fucking Beautiful. live. <laughs> it's That's a train wreck anytime good, yeah. me and De- Decrepist or a podcast should be a different. No, it'll be exactly the same. But um So I'm figuring maybe if even if you guys want to do like a talk a little bit with Ben when he comes in, we can sure. kind of shoot the shit a little bit and well, then we'll all do we're gonna talk about is how great Ben is. <laughs> he's, you know, I'll tell you what, he's one of the guys that the whole thing started. If nothing else, that's definitely something he's yeah, going for. He, him and him and Stokesbury really kicked off the whole Calico Bass deal. I mean, they weren't really doing it like we do, but they were doing it, you know. They were still getting them on the iron, but they were fishing a lot of mackerel, a lot of Spanish. Yeah. You know, a lot of shit like that. I mean, I'd, how do you weigh 40 pounds in a tournament if you're not fishing yeah. Spanish, you know, fishing the beach? <laughs> but, I mean, they're they're good, and they yeah. they really had it dialed in though, that late 80s, early 90s yeah. deal when they when they were kicking it off, when the – the shorts were barely one sixteenth of an inch below the tip of your penis. <laughs> yeah, you get some you go. really good pictures of those two. Of those, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? We're gonna close this one up and get ready for the next one. Okay, um, Jimmy. Thank is there you. Anything? Hey, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, Appreciate no it. No sweat. Anytime. Uh, you know, we're fucking couple nobodies that just tried to do something cool, and uh, we nice. appreciate you guys taking the time to come. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to didn't do it. Didn't talk you know? too much about fishing, but well, we I heard had a you guys time. had some good idea where you're going fishing with people now at some point. Uh, we did oh, one come Jeff, out with us. We did yeah. one with Jeff Leaveson, so we changed it. I did eight minutes at first the, the video, but it's fucking a lot to do the podcast and the video. So now I'm doing one minute Instagram video. So we did the first one with Jeff doing a cranks. And uh, did well. We I fucked up filming, of course. So, but we just did one with Seth and uh, Joe doing yeah. uh, freshwater and do a minute long. Pretty much what we're trying to do is, um, you take your favorite technique, you break it down in a minute. Yeah. So, say you like fishing jerk baits. I fish jerk baits. I use this line. I use this rod. This right. is how I work it. And then I edit the video in with the audio, like we're talking. Oh, about. that's cool. But I want to do it at different spots. So, like. 
Uh, me and Jeff did it on the water. Seth came here and did it. Joe, I'll do it at performance. Well, Say we just, do it with Gary, we'll go do it at Puffy Taco. <laughs> you know, uh, like somewhere. Right. We'll go. We'll go to different spots. A bar. Well, why don't somewhere. you guys both just go fishing with us one day or something? Like yeah, we'd love to, man. That would be yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Room on my some, stuff. Yeah, we fish all the time. So anytime you're welcome. Yeah, to come. Uh, we yeah, appreciate it. That. But if you guys have anything, well, I know, I'm not going to ask you what tackle shop you guys go to because you probably I fish local <laughs> I, I only shop local and what shop do you go to I go to mostly to performance okay is there any other know? one you go to uh JD's big game on Balboa Island went for my mm-hmm. offshore stuff and then save on tackle occasionally okay uh performance is probably my you know Mark's a good guy Joe's a good guy I mean I buy some stuff off Tackle Warehouse only because they give it to me so cheap. It's hard because a lot of shops don't carry what you Yeah. It's hard for those shops to carry all that product. But if it's something that I can buy local, I'll always buy it local. Angler Center. You know, support your local tackle shop or there won't be any. Yeah, that's and that's what we're trying to pump. Same thing. I haven't been to a tackle store in quite a while, but if I were to go, I'd go and buy stuff from Mark. He's a good guy and I've uh Known him forever. Longfin's and he a nice hard. shop. He carries yeah. all. You know, he yeah, carries Corey's really, really stuff. Nice he's too. he's very well stocked too. Yeah. From you know, bluegill to blue marlin, pretty much at that shop, you can pretty much get anything you need there. Just don't talk to Mark too long. He'll uh, talk your <laughs> <off about laughs> bore you stuff. to death. What? Yeah, tell uh, you how you can do stuff better. <laughs> any uh, sponsors you want to pump? Anything? Uh, blue like Garcia. That? I mean, I've been with them almost. 17 18 years so i'm i'm pretty pretty stoked on that one you that's know? one i'm gonna back you i have all abu reels so thank I'm, you if I'm you ever need it. if you need anything let me know man. <laughs> i appreciate I got that the thank you. i got the hookup you <laughs> uh know? do any other companies you want to i'm pretty much only with the pure fishing group which is you know uh abu garcia pen uh fenwick spiderwire berkeley that's pretty much the only products that i fish awesome it's not and it's not just because i'm under contract to them it's just they they make a really good product you know and what so, about uh, you, Eric? Yeah, you know. Uh, He's a whore. A laundry list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mavi Onyx, obviously. He's on the bro um, staff. You're, you're, you're Abu Garcia. Yeah, Abu Garcia. Yeah, pure fishing. The, uh, but, did uh, you say the bro staff? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's basically it. just a bunch of friends, you know. And that's, it's the bro yeah. staff, and not I'm gonna, the I'm going to say staff. one thing in closing <laughs> this podcast for everybody listening. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you do on Instagram. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the relationships you have with people in the industry. Amen. Because everything I've gotten has been through relationships, yeah. and I, uh, you know, and a lot of the relationships start as friendships. Uh, uh, Bats and Enterprise, which makes rain shadow rods, Alps components. That's uh, a big pro- supporter of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. MC Swimbaits, Corey Sandin, uh, a friend more than a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, Navionics, Pure Fishing, Raymarine. All that. Costa sunglasses. Yeah, uh, who's who's yeah, on there now? Um, I'm sure. Oh, don't uh, burn Afco. your don't burn your bridges, Afco. man. Yeah, yeah. Afco's thanks. another um, great great company. Definitely. I don't even remember them all. The, the, so, <laughs> thanks to everybody. The thing that, the, <laughs> the thing that you got to remember in the industry is it's very small and very tight knit. You know, you can't be the head Shimano guy one year and get the can and then come over to Abu going, oh, now Abu's the greatest reel I've ever fished. <laughs> yeah. You know. It, you know, brand loyalty speaks volumes to, to these guys. Okay. And, and the guys jumping friends, around, yeah. you know, it's hard. Definitely. Sorry, yeah. we're not ending, but go ahead. We'll end we're, now. We no, are. no, we're like, hey. It's a happy ending. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, there we'll, must be another story. <laughs> we're probably going to do a, 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 a one with Ben, and then we're going to probably have one where we just shoot the shit right now with everyone. I think it'd be cool to get you guys just to maybe tell a story each like everyone that's here oh that's cool yeah i'm, I'm you know, cool a lot of fishing, you uh, no. legends i'm in no hurry we'll see, what ben, yet, we'll see uh, what ben uh 
his time looks like. Because if he has a couple hours and we can do a quick little like half hour podcast, maybe like for Christmas, do an extra podcast. Right. And we're actually going to do a giveaway, guys. So we're going to do Justin's, uh, one of his drawings. Those are beautiful, uh, by the way. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Those are, those are lovely. And then, uh, Black Tide came in and gave us some shirts we're going to give away. And then, uh, Fishhead Underspin gave us some lures. So we're going to do like, I got a, I got a Revo Beast 40 that I will give away for your podcast. That'd be awesome. I don't have it. I don't have it with me, but I'll, I'll, I'll PO it up here to you in the next, after I get home, I'll ship it out on Monday to you. So yeah, we want to do it for Christmas. And you'll have it here. A cool Christmas, uh, to tell everyone we appreciate them listening and they're you know this is throwing any baits it. down bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh dude i don't want to make it too big man i might keep some of this shit you know <laughs> yeah I got, I got picked up for another year so i have, I have a couple reels hanging in the back and they, they they give them to me to for field testing and for grassroots so awesome. this is yeah i would about offer as good a grassroots as i can go broken rods currently, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys listen to the uh, next one with uh, ben i'm not sure how this is going to get released but we'll have a couple more really good ones all right thanks for listening guys thank you, thank you.